Welcome to our podcast. I'm Keith Loy, the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. And it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to John 14. To John 14, and I'll be there in a moment. As you're turning, I, I've... I guess I want to just explain something to you that if you've not heard or been watching the media, um, we've been showing a trailer of a movie coming out. It was supposed to be coming out on October 13th called Ordinary Angels. Uh, I've seen, and many of you know, I've been a part of what Kingdom Story has done um, through Lionsgate, been a part of a lot of movies that Sony has done with Affirmed Films. And uh, and, and I have to share with you, this is, of all the film that I've ever seen, this is my favorite. I, I think it's the greatest resource that has been given to us today. Uh, and, and I'm okay if some of you might disagree, but we'll be talking more about it. But you need to know that the date has been moved. It's not coming out on October 13. It's actually going to come out in February, on February 23rd. The reason for that is... Again, if you've not been watching the news, there's an amazing phenomena that's been going uh, in our world right now uh, called Taylor Swift. And uh, uh, she, uh, she uh, for the last year, a little over a year, has been on tour uh, globally, and she hired a company um, to film her concerts because of the outpouring that people have been going to them. And so she uh, hired a film crew that would not only put her film or her concert in theaters, but you would actually be able to see some of the behind the scenes stuff as she would speak into the camera and you get to embrace that a little bit more. What's been crazy about it is, and the reason for the change that it's not only with Ordinary Angel, all of Hollywood has been moving their movies uh, because she targeted the date that she's gonna put her concert in theaters October 13th. And no one in history, just so you know, no one in history has sold more number one, uh, you know, songs than her, uh, albums than her. And uh, what's crazy is now they've already pre-sold over 50 million tickets for her movie and he's yet to come out. That's never been done in the history of film. But what had happened is, is that her team, instead of going through Hollywood, they bypassed and made a, if you will, made an agreement with AMC in the theater world. And so they just picked the date and said, we're gonna put my uh, concert in the, in the theaters and people can go and see it. And because of that, everybody knows in the, in the Hollywood world that they're not gonna see the films they're putting out because that is really, if you will, just taking over um, all of the theaters, literally globally. So uh, they move the date to February, which is really cool how God works because our natural reaction sometimes when you're in a film world or something doesn't go our way, we stop and go, God, what are you doing? And, and please everybody look up here. I promise you he's doing something and whatever he's doing, it's really good. You know, man, man has plans and purposes and thinks that somehow what they're doing is a big deal, but God is fully in control and God is up to something we can't fathom if we'll just be faithful. And really, this has turned out to be absolutely a gift, if you will, to Ordinary Angel. 
Uh, and so I just wanted to share that with you because we were showing, talking about it. Uh, it'll seem like we've gone quiet for a little while, and we will as we're going into the holidays and into Christmas. And then in January, we're going to pick it back up because I really think it's an amazing resource that the church has, and I'll be talking more about that then. If you're a guest, we started a series on the Holy Spirit three weeks ago. I, I want to keep going back because I gave you three basic truths, and the word basic is really not a good word. I probably should have said three fundamental, essential, vital truths of the Holy Spirit, and then how we're to embrace those truths. I want to go through them because that's what I'm going to do each week, and then just keep pulling this apart more. And so if you got your notes, take them out. Let me just review real quick because it really sets up what we need to talk about today. The first thing I said was the Holy Spirit is the God we worship. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit is the God we worship. Look what Jesus said in John 4. God is spirit. We're going to talk about this more in a moment. That the Holy Spirit is God. And those who worship God must, notice it's not an option, must worship him in spirit and of his truth. Now we're going to pull this apart a little bit more in a moment here, but I want to say this because I think this is important. This worship that we're to worship God in is to be with gladness, the Bible says, and with joyful song. Now I, I just offer this for us to always step back and consider in our own lives. When you look at the world in which you live and how you lived this past week, I'm not asking for you to respond, if you will, audibly, just for you in your own mind. What is it about you that anybody around you would say, I want what you have? I think worship and how we worship, to me, is one of the most vital things that people should see as indifferent in our lives. I say, I say this because I think there's a lot of things in our minds that we've been taught that I'm not sure is right. But there's something sad about the fact that there's more joy at a Taylor Swift concert than there might be in God's church. And that's no disrespect of Taylor. Please don't hear that. But what is it about us that we're in the house of the Lord and we get to tell him how amazing he is when he's truly amazing, right? Truly. And that joy that's in us, is it coming out? I, I'm not here to say it isn't. I'm just offering for you to consider for your own life. Here's the second thing I said is that the Holy Spirit is the gift we welcome. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit is the gift we welcome. So if the Holy Spirit is God, then we are to worship. That's the rightful posture. Then how do we actually understand the gift and have we really welcomed it? You know, I read about a woman who wanted to visit her family across the seas and she was living in England and all of her family had moved to the States. So she saved and she saved because she was rather, if you will, short of income. But finally she could buy a ticket on a ship that was crossing the ocean to America. After years of saving and doing without, she bought the ticket, 
but she couldn't afford all the scrumptious meals that the ship was offering, but she didn't mind. She was going to get to see her family, so she simply packed several packages of crackers, and she just lived on them throughout the voyage. On the last day, the ship's captain asked if she had been enjoying her cruise, as well as all the amazing meals that his ship was offering. She explained her situation and the sacrifices she had to make to purchase the ticket and that she had been eating, if you will, in her room, her stateroom, dining on crackers. The captain was shocked and explained to her, ma'am, what are you doing? All of the meals are included in your ticket. Now, I shared this before, but I just have to wonder how many of God's children have been living on crackers when they could have been enjoying the endless banquet of God's Holy Spirit. I just wonder how many. I, I, have we ever figured out, the Bible says, and I, I'm not asking you to go there, I just want to read it to you. In Galatians 5, do you know what the Bible says? It says this. It says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. It's an emphatic statement that Paul makes. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and you won't be craving the things of the flesh. You won't be dining on crackers. Do you know what he says? He says, you know what you'll be dining on? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He goes on to say, you see, those who belong to Christ nailed the passions and the desires of their flesh to the cross. And now they're living by the Spirit, following the Spirit's leading in every part of their life. See, I don't think we understand the banquet that the fruit of the Spirit actually offers. Because I think there's some miscommunications, some misunderstandings, some, if you will, poor preaching. And I got to be careful with that because I'm not trying to say that somehow I'm this incredible preacher only to simply say that I think there's things that have caused us to miss what God offers. And too many of us have been dining on crackers when God has so much more. Have you really welcomed this gift called the Holy Spirit? Here's the third thing I said. The Holy Spirit is our guide by which we now walk. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit is our guide by which we walk. In John 14, 15, 16, Jesus tells us five things, and we're going to be talking about this through the series, but five things that the Spirit will do. Not offer. Five things that the Spirit, Jesus said, it's best I go away. God gives us this incredible example in Christ who knew no sin, became our sin, and took care of the sin problem. But Jesus says, now I need to go away that my Father will send, if you will, me to you to be in you, called the Holy Spirit. And here's what he says in the summation in John 16. He says, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. Let me help you with this. Have you ever done something where you thought you did it only to discover you hadn't? Okay, y'all seem to miss that. 
or, or I've just demonstrated I'm not that good of a preacher, okay? Because you're all just like, okay. I don't even know if that sounded like I was snoring. I was swallowing something. It was up in my nose. You know what I mean? But have you ever done something? I want to say it again. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, you had all intentions of why you were doing it. You thought you did it. In the end, you discovered you didn't even do it. Yeah, come on. All right. Okay. Okay. A few of you, whatever. All right. Like, like for instance, have you ever stopped for gas, but you never got gas? Like I'm being serious. You put the nozzle in the tank, swipe the credit card, but somehow you got about everything else, but you never squeeze the nozzle. You even washed the windows, cleaned out the trash, went inside, bought something to drink, and then chatted with the store clerk for a while. Then you went back out to the car, put the nozzle back to where it goes, got in the car, drove away, and the gauge is still unempty. I'm not saying I did this, okay? I was just sharing <laughs> this is a possibility, okay? But here's the deal. It's why we're doing the series. Because I think there's a lot of people who call themselves followers of Jesus who've been so busy with their lives, but they never squeeze the nozzle that God wants to put the gas in your tank. And no wonder why something in life goes awry and then you get all freaked out. Because that's what happens when you start relying on your own strength. It's what Peter did for a while until the Holy Spirit came. And then when the Holy Spirit filled him, you all ready for this? He was crucified upside down on a cross and considered it a privilege, but he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus because he didn't think he compared. It's why James, Jesus' half-brother, was boiled in oil. And every one of them considered a joy. Paul would write over and over, my goodness, greater is he that is in me than anything that be in the world. He wasn't talking about Jesus. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. No matter what I go through, nothing can separate me from the love of God. I believe Paul penned that with a joyful heart. But how many people go through life and they're busy, but they don't understand that the Spirit of God is longing and waiting to give you all that God had intended and purposed, and he wants to fill your tank to overflowing, but you gotta squeeze the nozzle. And that's what I wanna do in this series. See, God's gift, the Spirit, is our friend, is our advocate, is our champion, is our guardian. He is the gift we receive when we accept God's grace and choose to be his followers. Folks, it's not Jesus that comes into our heart. That's why Jesus said, it's best that I go away. That's why Jesus said, but God's going to send back the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit greater things you're going to even do than I. Jesus was saying, do you understand that I'm limited in some sense right now? And if I stay here, you're going to chase all the wrong things and realize that I'm trying to do something in you. In other words, if I'm in Tampa right now, I can't be in Sioux Falls because I'm Jesus in the flesh doing something for you and modeling something for you that you can have for yourself that's even greater than something I'm even modeling. That's why I'm going to go sit at the right hand of the Father and God's going to send back the Holy Spirit and he's going to be in you. And he's going to do five things that are going to blow your mind. 
but we fail to understand it. I think because there's some just miscommunications, folks. It's the Holy Spirit who sustains us when we're struggling. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us when we're failing. It's the Holy Spirit who befriends us when we feel alone. It is the one who was and is and forever will be. And you know what my hope is in this series? My hope is not to try to inform you all these different things about the Spirit, because I think that's where the damage has gotten done. Because I can't find that in the, in the Word of God. I just told you there's five things he will do. Do you know what one of them is? And I'm going to use it in this language. If you and I would just date him, I think he'll show up in ways that'll blow your mind and he will teach you. He will show you. He will be there. He will, he will. And nowhere in there he says, but I'm going to need your help, Keith. The Holy Spirit wants you to just go out on a date with him. Open up and let me show you who I am and what I can do. But I think there's some misunderstandings and some things that we're going to have to talk about. And somehow we're going to have to shovel it aside because there's something beautiful. Folks, listen very carefully. It's not what you don't know that will hurt you. It's what you know and you think it's true that will hurt you when you find it's not. And there's a lot of people when it comes to God's word, I, I, just, I just stop and I find this, well, that's not what the Bible says. I'm like, whoa, I'm not even sure you're worth listening to because that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit that talks that way. That's why I wanted you to see this picture. Holy Spirit brings us to an understanding that what Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. When I became a man, I began to put away my childish ways, but we only know in part. And so we're invited into rooms that the Holy Spirit wants to show us. But when we have this posture of defense of saying, no, 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 I know what it is. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm just here to tell you everything I read in the scripture. That's not the Holy Spirit. I got so much more to learn and grow in. I got so many things, but I just love the relationship that God's helping me and growing me. And I think God has that for you. Amen to that. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John 14. And I just want you to see, if you will, John 14, beginning in the first verse, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And here's what it says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I love the beginning of this because Jesus is going to start, if you will, speaking to the disciples. Notice what he starts with. He starts with us, our, our own realities, right? He knows that we struggle. He knows that we have fears. He knows that we have misunderstandings. And the very first thing he says is, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, which is really the issue, I think, on everything. When people want to start arguing about something, I have to really stop in my own self and go, do they even trust to begin with? See, see, I, I would say this, that I think I could have a defensive posture if I could stand in front of you right now and say, I just want you to know I'm perfect. But I can't. I want to be 
I want to be like Jesus because of the very fact that I'm very aware of who I'm not. It's a different than posture to be able to say, listen, maybe we should look at, maybe we should consider, Hey, what do you think? Let's have a conversation because I need Jesus as much as you do. I need God, the father, and I need the Holy spirit working in me like never before. Amen to that. And so the first thing I read is don't let your heart be troubled. Keith, just trust in God. And in doing so, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If they were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Oh my goodness. Amen to that. And then he says this, and you know the way and where I'm going. And I love what Thomas is like, uh, nope. Lost you on that one. We have no idea where you're going. And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If, if you'd really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And now Philip chimes in like, uh, nope. Like show us the father and we'll be satisfied, Jesus. And Jesus replied, and I think it's a message for the church. Have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. And may I add, and you'll know who my disciples are. Watch how they love one another. The first fruit on the banquet of the Holy Spirit is love. First Corinthians 13, Paul says the same thing. You can have all the gifts, all of this and that, but if have not love, you have nothing. He concludes by saying there's faith, there's hope, but the greatest of these is love. In the very next verse in John 14, he says, and pursue love above all things. Love without hypocrisy. That can't be done in my human flesh. That's why I need the Holy Spirit within me. The author of love. And so here we are, right? Have I been with you all this time? Think about it. in 2000 years, what has been created? I just wonder if that's a word for the church today. All the resources, all the evangelists, all the books, all of that. And yet you look at our world right now. Do we even know who he is? Do we really know who he is? And then Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my father who lives in me does his work through me. Just because that I am in the father and the father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. I tell you the truth, verse 12, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And here it comes and even greater works because I'm going to be with the father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask for anything in my name. I will do it. And here it comes. If you love me, obey my commandments. And notice how power it is that we trust God, right? If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. I love this. 
The word Holy Spirit is called paraclete. It literally means one who is called alongside to help. One who's called alongside to guide. One who's called alongside to never abandon, to help. And this is precisely what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to seal us. He wants to guide us, empower us, and fill us again and again and again and again. And yet there's a great misunderstanding, probably due in part because of the descriptions that we find in Scripture about the Holy Spirit. But, but I want to help you with that, right? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. And of course, we live in South Dakota, and we're like, you've got to be kidding. We have enough wind. You know it? The Holy Spirit is like a fire and it messes with us, but I don't understand why it messes with us. Jesus himself referred to himself as the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the vine. The Bible refers to God as a rock, as a consuming fire, one who protects us under his mighty wings. And yet none of us assume that Jesus is a loaf of bread. None of us assume or infer that God is a hunk of granite or a blasting furnace or a giant bird. Isn't that crazy? And yet I think in the same way, some descriptions of the Holy Spirit, they don't suggest that he's some sort of force or power, but he can be a force and he is all powerful. But why is it that when we come to the father and to the son, we learn some incredible things that happen because of who they are and descriptions, but then it sort of kind of messes with us when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I'm hoping to help with that because I want to say it again. All I want to do is introduce this whole series is just introduce you to what the Bible says. And if you'll just date him, I think he's going to blow your mind. I, I just think he's going to blow your mind. I, 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 for instance, Hey, if you're anybody who's a matchmaker, come on. You know what I'm talking about? You just got to meet my best friend. You know what I'm saying? You're like, are they good looking? Oh, they, they're really nice. Great personality. Um, come on. Who's ever done it? Just admit it. Okay. You need to confess it. It's a sin. Okay. But, but watch this. But you know what you're doing? Think about this. You see something in someone you care about, and then you meet someone. You're like, boy, if I could just get them together. I want to be a matchmaker in this series. I promise you, if you will just go on a date with the Holy Spirit, he will do what he said he will do. And it will change your life. He's not going to freak you out. We'll talk about that. Some people go, oh, but I've seen some stuff. If he's not a God of fear, he's not a boogeyman. When you see stuff like that, I promise you right now, that ain't the Holy Spirit stuff. That's man trying to make Holy Spirit stuff. Because when you meet the Holy Spirit stuff, it's like, whoa. It's like, wow. Trust me on it. That's what I want to talk about. And so, if you will, take your notes. Out of this passage we just read, trust in God Therefore, we can trust in Christ and the God who we trust is going to give us a gift and it's worth welcoming just to go on a date. It will change you. Here's the first thing I want to help you understand about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
The Holy Spirit is not a gas. It's not a liquid. It's not an aberration. It's not a thing. It's not a gut feeling or supernatural consciousness. The Holy Spirit is the person of God as much as Jesus Christ was a person here on planet Earth when he was here. Some of you go, I don't understand it because in our fail, frail way, we want to wrap skin about something. And the reason we can do that is because we can control it. Why Jesus said, you say you would love me to stay. That's what the disciples wanted. Jesus, stay with us. And Jesus saying, you were never with me all the time anyway. That's why when you were on the Sea of Galilee, I never stopped being with you, yet you needed me in the boat. And even when I was in the boat, you didn't even trust. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand when we think through our limited human understanding of what is human, it messes with us and it limits what God really has for us. But the Holy Spirit is the person, is a person, it's the God person. It, let me help you with it. There, there's a story about a group of blind men. What kind of, what kind of men? Okay, keep that in mind, they can't see. We all understand what that means, right? Okay. They heard about a strange animal that was coming to town. It happened to be an elephant, but they'd never seen an elephant. Being blind, they had no idea what people were talking about. So out of curiosity, they said to one another, we're going to inspect this elephant just by our mere touch and we'll decide what it is. So they sought it out and when they found it, they began to walk around and touch it, each in their own place, right? First blind man whose hand landed on the trunk said, well, it has to be a snake, like a really thick snake. Another said, no, 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 no. And he touched the ear and said, it has to be a fan, some sort of fan. Another's hand was upon its leg. And he said emphatically, you guys are all wrong. It's like a tree. It's a pillar. Another placed his hand upon its side and said, you guys, you're nuts. It's a wall. One grabbed its tail and said, it's a rope. The last felt its tusk and it was hard and smooth. And he said, it is a spear. Interestingly, each blind man had a different discovery, but because of their own limitations, it led to a disagreement, suspecting the other must not be telling the truth and somehow they have the entire truth and their entire friendships came apart. And I think that when I look at the church, Why do we put mainline, Pentecostal? Why do we do that? Because of our own blindness. We're looking for something and when we find it, we attach to it and then decide that's reality. And somehow we have the answer. And what I'm saying is just date the spirit because he'll open your eyes. And he'll show you things that you never dreamed possible. And he longs and wants to do that. So, so let me give you three characteristics you need to know. When I say the Holy Spirit's a person, let me give you three characteristics. Did you know that humans have that no other creation has? And all three of these, the Holy Spirit has, which makes for a person. No other creation has this. Here's the first one. 
that you and I have that makes us God's, if you will, greatest of his creation. And the first is intelligence. Now, I know some of you are sitting next to people and you're thinking, this is in question. Okay. All right. But did you ever have a mother who said, what is the matter with you? You're born in a barn. Come on. Anybody ever have a mother said that? Okay. How many mothers said that? Okay. All right. But here's the deal. Do you know why they're saying that? Because you're acting like an animal and you're not. You're smarter than that. That's why we struggle in our world right now, people. That's why there's so much frustration going on because there's something in us that knows what should be and we're wondering why are people doing it? Why are they acting that way? Because there's something about us that we just know we have this ability that nothing else has in all of creation. It's true. Like for instance, I don't pee on trees in in public. (laughs) I don't eat my poop in public. No, no, but, but you stop and go, why are you saying that? That's just, think about it. For instance, I love our dog but my dog does both of those and so does yours. And all I'm trying to say is, do you know why we don't think about it? Because we have what they don't have. It's called intelligence. Now I'm not here to argue and I'm not here to, because I know that we know that there are certain things that an animal does have, like, like a brain, and they can learn a trick or two, but they can't do what you and I do, and that's called reason. And yet the Bible says the Spirit does that. No one knows, notice this word in Corinthians, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit. Intelligence. It's amazing. It's what makes us what we are and what it means to be created in God's image. The Holy Spirit has a mind and the Bible tells us that the spirit knows and searches the deepest things of God as well as the deepest things within your heart. Romans eight says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. See, the Holy Spirit communicates with the Father and knows the will and plan for Keith Loy and then guides me in those plans. That takes intellect for that to happen. The Holy Spirit is intelligent. But here's the second thing that makes us human. It's called emotion. In Ephesians, we're told, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Did you know that only people can grieve? Please please note this though. Notice it doesn't say that the Holy Spirit is ever mad at you because there's a big difference between being mad and being sad. The word grieve speaks to the idea that we have wounded the Holy Spirit through our willful disobedience. Thus the Holy Spirit is grieved because God's gift wants us to be all that God has for us. And then when we do our own thing, the spirit is grieved because we're settling for so much less. 
Which brings me to the third, which is the most significant. It's called a will. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all the gifts. He alone, he alone decides which gift each person should have. He decides it based upon the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit has given you a gift, not God the Father, God instructed by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is fully submitted to who God is because the Spirit is God. That's what makes the Trinity what it is. And the Spirit's acting in accordance with the will. Listen to this carefully. All other creations are simply living out the very nature by which they were created. A tree will be a tree. A dog will be a dog. A cow will be a cow. That will never change because that's in which they were created. Except you and I. That God made us for a purpose, but you and I were given a will. And we can decide to go against that purpose. Because in our intelligence, we think we know better. And that's what gets us in trouble. That's what creates division. That's why we hold on to hurts. Because we're not submitted to the Holy Spirit working in us. We're submitted to our own self within us. But you don't know what they did to me. And the Bible says we're to forgive as God has forgiven you. And the only way we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has all three of these. It's a crazy cool thing. That's why we're in a relationship with God. When we surrender our will, as Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. And something beautiful happens in there. This is why Romans 12 says that we're not to be conformed to what the world says. We're to be transformed by the power and the leadership of the Holy Spirit within us. God doesn't want Keith Lloyd to be a better Keith Lloyd. God doesn't want you to be a better you. God wants you to be a Holy Spirit led you. And there's a big difference. Gain the whole world and lose your soul. I, I love movies, you know that. Probably because they can just grasp me in a simple way. I, I'm just a weird duck. I get it. I know y'all say amen. This is your moment. I, I handed you the ball. Go ahead and hit it. Okay? All right? But I look at you each and every week, and you're weird too. So, uh, but, but there's a movie out called Casper. I know, goofy little kid movie. But there's a scene in there I think will might help a second here. And if you'll just play with me for a moment and I will come back to it, I think, I think it'll bring this together because I want to tell you the second thing about the spirit that's so important. There's something about the heart of God that he so loved the world that he gave his only son. In that gift, he knows how much we need him every moment of every day. And he wants to lift you off. That's what the Bible says. If we humble ourselves, Lord, he will lift us up. That the world steps back and goes, what do you have that I don't? And what I have that the world don't is the Holy Spirit. The cool thing about the Holy Spirit is no clock is going to chime 
and he's going to go away. He says in John 15, I will never leave you. That's part of his role. Forever a person that we somehow miss and we don't understand this amazing gift that God wants us to have, not just with us, but in us. Picture it this way. Imagine that you met your spouse online. I know many people have, and this is not about whether that's right or wrong. Please don't even hear that. But I'm about to say, if you have, then you'll know what I'm talking about. But imagine you met your spouse online. You email one another, you text, you FaceTime, you even do a little snail mail. Okay. And that's for the younger people to understand that was my generation's internet. Okay. Okay. But in this time, you're learning a lot about one another, aren't you? Pouring through and over information. But when does the relationship begin? When you meet. It's not real until you meet. In fact, you can do what you want right now, but you can FaceTime and we have technology. You're not even sure the person you're looking at is really the person. It's when you breathe the same air. It's when you share the same room. It's when you touch one another. It's when you walk and you talk. What was broken in the garden, what God did with Adam and with Eve and was lost. And God took away the sin and gave us a gift that we can have now eternal life. But he wants a relationship with us. And for that to happen, here's the second thing about the spirit. It has to be personal. And the Holy Spirit is not just a person. This stuff's personal, people. An advocate who will be with us. Everywhere you look, there's descriptions of what the Spirit can do. But please hear this. When it's introduced, it's always with a pronoun, making it person. This is very personal to God. And to me, this is the greatest part. God wants to have a relationship with me. And that relationship is so personal. He gave me the greatest gift that anyone could ever have. See, our ability to be different in the world, to love different than the world, is fully, completely and directly in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Do we keep reading the Bible? Yes. Do we need to keep learning? Yes. But that's all head knowledge. It'd be like dating via the internet. But when you get up close and personal, it moves it to the heart like never before. It's absolutely cool. Folks, listen to this. God wants us to meet the person of the Holy Spirit, to grow deeply and intimately. He wants the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and make us more like Jesus. He wants to speak to us and through us. He wants to talk to us about the gifts that he has for us. He wants to be our best friend, our confident, our mentor, our guide. Will you let him? Will you really welcome him? And let God be in you? in a most amazing, profound way. I want to invite you to close your eyes, just bow your heads. And just in the quietness of your own soul right now, there's an old song that I just love and I just want you to repeat the words quietly. Say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. 
and fill my atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what my heart longs for. To be overcome by your presence, dear Lord. Father, I, I never know if what I'm saying is clear. That's why we need the Spirit. Who am I to think that somehow I'm going to even present truth in the way it's supposed to be presented? But that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Who am I to think that I know what marriage is or family or friendship? But that's why we need the Spirit. This is the gift you gave us that we can experience in the most beautiful of way, intimate way, the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of you, the person Jesus was in us, with us, always guiding us, growing us, leading us to come more like your son. God, may we welcome, may we embrace, may we date and let you do what only you can do. Thank you, Father. I hope you will take what you just heard and apply it to your life. If you need prayer or simply want to connect with us, our website is celebrate.church. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We hope you listen again next week.